There's a top 10 player list going around, circulating around about NBA players, and LeBron James ain't on it. There's a top paid NBA players in the world. LeBron James is definitely on that list. That's just the starter stuff. There's some NFL action to get into. And, of course, more Will Smith, more Jada Pinkett. It ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. But we're going to touch it because that's what we do right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Holla at your boy. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you as I love to do at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. As usual, I'm right here in my studio thanks to my official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, my subscribers have eclipsed 350,000. I've been gaining an average of over 1,200 subscribers per day. Since we last spoke, I've gained about 3,000 subscribers less than the last 48 hours. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Please keep it coming, and I'm going to keep on coming. To like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube, just click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. And while you're at it, make sure you don't forget to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, my memoir, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Let me get right to it because there's a list that's taking place right now. The list is all over the place. And this list is about um, the top 10 players in the NBA. And there's been several lists out there. The latest is by The Ringer. The Ringer consists of uh, the one and only Bill Simmons. Uh, with the Bill Simmons podcast, Rob Mahoney, Michael Pena, Chris Ryan, Justin Verrier, these guys. Um, I don't know most of them. I do know Bill Simmons. Um, I've been a guest on his show. He's been a guest on here. Really appreciate him, the work that he does. Uh, wishing him nothing but the best with his success. But I don't know what the hell they're talking about with some of these people on this list. Let me just say that right now. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. All right. Now, Nikola Jokic. This is their top. This is their top sixteen players. Okay, it's a top sixty list. I ain't reading you the whole sixty. Okay, that's irrelevant. I'm really focused on the top ten. All right. Well, let me give you their top ten: Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Those are the top ten players. They are rated above. Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox. First of all, to Bill Simmons and his crew. Respect y'all. Respect the work that you do. Bill Simmons, you know we cool with each other, brother. You don't take this personally, but but, but this list, uh, what, what the hell's going on? I mean, you know, you live in a high life, you're making a lot of money, you got a lot of success. And, you know, I don't know whether you drink. I don't know whether you smoke, but I do think you need to be tested after this list right here. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on now. I, I mean, I, I need an explanation. Let me just say that I need an explanation because I want to know what goes into your list. I mean, after all, I called the I caused the furor when I said that Steph Curry, I had Steph Curry right there with Michael or with, with Magic Johnson. But I was not saying that Steph Curry was a quintessential, prototypical, better point guard than Magic Johnson. I was alluding to impact because as in as, as a point guard, you want to be impactful in terms of how you affect the rest of the team. Magic Johnson, his passing ability, his court vision, his orchestration as a floor general is unrivaled. We get all of that. We understand that as far as I'm concerned, the, the inventor and the orchestrator of Showtime, no doubt about it. 
John McClendon, the late great John McClendon at HBCUs like Tennessee State. He may have been the inventor of the fast break, but let me tell you something right now. It was perfected by Irvin Magic Johnson. We know this. We know this. The flip side is, is that when you talk about Steph Curry and impact, you talk about people needing to have their head on a swivel because this is the greatest shooter that God has ever created. And because that's the reality, everywhere he's moving, you got your head on a swivel because everybody's got to guard him because he's running around screens and picks. He's trying to get free. And all he needs is a breath of fresh air. And the moment he launches, you put your head down because you're like, damn, I let him get off the shot. It's going in. Ask De'Aaron Fox just last night what happened in a preseason game. Steph Curry sent him home and went like this, nighty-night, in a preseason game. That's what he did, nighty-night. 99, you don't believe me, look at the video. Go check it out. Okay, this is what happened. This is what Steph Curry brings to the table. So, I understand him being on that list at number three. Hell, I had him at number three. In fairness to the ringer, my top three is your top three. In Jokic, Greek Freak, Steph Curry. But we part ways after that. You got Luka Doncic at number four? No. He ain't the reigning league MVP. He's not a defensive stalwart. He doesn't block shots and rebound, plus average over 30. That would be Joel Embiid, the reigning league MVP, the dude from Cameroon who sought citizenship for France, who decided to represent the United States of America and offend the rest of the world. That dude, Joel Embiid. He's top four, ladies and gentlemen. He's the reigning league MVP, and he plays on both sides of the floor. I got to give him. Then there's LeBron James. Let's, let's, let, let, let's stop the nonsense right here, please. LeBron James is entering his 21st season. LeBron James approaches 39 years of age. LeBron James is supposed to be a senior citizen. He's supposed to be sitting in a proverbial rocking chair. He's supposed to be done, but he's not. The brother just finished averaging damn near 29, about 29 a game. That LeBron James, the hell are y'all talking about? This LeBron James we're talking about here. I got to look this stuff up here because let me tell you something right now. I don't understand how you could sit up there and say that LeBron James is not top five. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. I'm looking up here and I'm saying to myself, what is wrong with us? We got to stop this nonsense, this blasphemy about LeBron James. LeBron James is still one of the greatest players in the world. He ain't getting a nod over MJ from me. Fair enough. I understand that. He's not getting it. I'll be the first to tell you he's not getting it. MJ didn't lose six NBA Finals. MJ didn't fold in an NBA Finals series with the likes of Jason Terry guarding him in the post. MJ didn't have an APB out for him. Let what people looking for him. This is LeBron James we're talking about. And I, for one, am not going to turn my back on the fact that I got him, LeBron James, as the second greatest player in the history of basketball. I know he doesn't have a better resume than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar couldn't do all the things that LeBron James could do. I got him as number two. I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as number three. Michael Jordan, of course, is number one. And I'm looking at LeBron James, and I'm saying in his 20th season, the brother averaged nearly 30. And we're going to sit here with a straight face and say that this brother 
does not deserve to be a top five player in the world coming into this season. You understand how blasphemous this is? Come on, y'all. We got to be right. I'm looking up the stats right here. Le last season, LeBron James, 28.9 points, 8.3 assists. 8.3 rebounds, I'm sorry, 6.8 assists. 50% shooting from the field. Ladies and gentlemen, he was 38 years old in his 20th season in the NBA. And these brothers don't have him as top five. How is that possible? How is that possibly possible? I'm sorry. That's just blasphemous. I can't give that to you. Not by a long shot. Okay? I got LeBron James at number five. You know, I got at number six, Kevin Durant. I know Kevin Durant, in some people's eyes might have fallen off to some degree. He only played eight games in Phoenix last year. The level of chemistry and cohesiveness was not there. They still managed two wins against Denver. The brother didn't sit up there and, and stink up the joint. He didn't have the greatest series in the world. Not understanding. Kevin Durant is one of the most efficient superstars we've seen. I'm not going against Kevin Durant. I understand that Jason Tatum is big time. I get all of that. He won a championship? No. He won two championships? No. He been to an NBA Finals. Didn't play that well in the NBA Finals. I know his game is pure. No doubt about it. First dude, uh, yeah, average 30. This is a Boston Celtic we're talking about. Not even Larry Bird and those brothers did that. Jason Tatum is the truth. Make no mistake. But damn it, you're going to put him ahead of Kevin Durant? He got to close. He's got to close. And he's young. He's young enough to do. He's only 26 years old. Been already in five NBA Finals. On conference finals, I'm sorry. And then NBA finals. So I got to look at him and say to myself, yo, I'm not going to sit up there and throw shade on him, but I can't put him ahead of Kevin Durant. I can't do that. I'll put it right behind Kevin Durant at seven. And then I'm going to look at Luka Doncic at eight. Eight. Because even though Luka Doncic is that dude and he's big time, let's understand something very, very important. He's a one-sided player, meaning he plays offense. That brother doesn't try to stop a cold. If he had a cold, he doesn't even take, uh, you know, he doesn't even, uh, you know, take Flonase or something. Sudafed, decongestant, nothing. That brother don't try to stop anything defensively. Nothing, nothing. I'm not giving him a top five player in the league. I'm sorry. You got to play on both ends. And then nine is Shea Gilgis Alexander. The time has arrived to show him some love. And I'm going to tell you who I'm going to put at number 10, Anthony Davis. Now I understand Anthony Davis isn't attractive to y'all. I understand, you know, Charles Barkley calls him street clothes. I call him six flags. Charles Barkley said he always hurt and he called him street clothes. I call him six flags because he's a damn roller coaster. When you on the court and one day you drop in 40 and the next game you drop in 11 in the playoff series, when you can't put back to back potent playoff performances, the playoff games together, I'm sorry. I am not giving you the advantage and the edge of sitting up there and, and avoiding a nickname like six flags. It is apropos. With those eyes, I'd call him Beetlejuice, but have you seen his daddy? I love you, man. I love his father. He knows I'm just playing around with him, but that's a Beetlejuice dude if you ever saw one. I love his daddy, though. We talk all, every time we see each other. He's good people. He's good people. Those eyes, Mr. Mr. Davis, you see everything. All right? You see everything. All right? I love you. You know that. He and I talk every time I see him at Laker game. That's my man. We can say that because we, we boys. I love Anthony Davis' daddy. He's good people. He really is. But let me tell you something. Anthony Davis, 12th year in the league. Did you know that he averaged 25.9 points a game? Did you know that he averaged 12 and a half rebounds per game? 
And 2.66 in the 56 games he played, yeah, he missed 26 games. I understand that. He's injury prone. We get that. But when he's on the court and relatively healthy, this brother's a top seven player in the world. It's just that the lack of consistency make me have him at 10. Okay? Now, their list, I love Devin Booker. I really, really, really do. Okay, you want to make an argument he could be top 10? It's a debate. I got him at like 11. I don't have Jimmy Butler that high. I respect the hell out of Jimmy Butler. It's my brother, but here's what I need from Jimmy Butler. Show up in the regular season like you show up in the postseason. You get paid to play the regular season games. Jimmy Butler takes a lot of time off during the regular season because it's just not that important to him. When he amps it up, he is special. No doubt. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge for him to show up before playoffs. Can't give you a top 10 ranking when that's the issue. Period. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Bill Simmons, y'all, I respect you. But that list, I got questions. I really, really, really do. You can't have LeBron James out of the top five. And I'm not sure you could have Anthony Davis out of the top 10. And by the way, they had Kawhi Leonard at like 12th or 13th or something. Yeah, okay, do that. Tell me it's because he missed games. Because when he's on the court, that brother ain't no top 13. He's way higher than that. Transitioning from that to the highest paid players. I don't have any problem with this. I'm not going to belabor this issue. I'm going to tell you that LeBron James and Steph Curry will combine for more than $225 million in earnings during this upcoming 2023-2024 season. I'm going to tell you they deserve every penny. These brothers are inspirations. See, as a commentator and a pundit, I have to be critical when it's necessary. But it does not mean that I don't respect and revere both of these brothers. Steph Curry is the greatest shooter God ever created. He's also one of the greatest people you'll ever find. He's good people. He truly is. He's an incredible role model of the highest order. He don't get involved in anything. Ladies and gentlemen, man, every year, Draymond Green takes a crew, his crew, his teammates to Vegas for a trip. It is universally understood the one person who ain't going is Steph Curry. Steph Curry don't play that. He ain't drinking. He ain't smoking. He ain't partying. He ain't doing none of that. That's not who he is. It's not, it's not to say that those who do do it are somehow, you know, uh, blasphemous or anything like that or heathenous. So, no, it's just not how he rolls. But when you think about a dude who's just unblemished as a role model, whose heart is consistently in the right place, who does the right things, who has a family, who commits himself to the right causes and the right things, love what he's doing for the golf team at Howard, love how he brings attention to that. And what he does to contribute to HBCUs. He went to Davidson. Ain't no damn HBCU. He was born into affluence because his, his, his daddy, Del Curry, one of the great, great shooters we've ever seen in NBA history, was obviously well off being an NBA player and making the salary that he was making. And when you look at Del Curry and when you look at the Curry family, it's not hard to surmise how Steph Curry and Seth Curry, who can play, by the way, were raised. They weren't raised poor. He didn't have to have his eyes on something like the HBCUs, but he does. And what do you expect me to say about LeBron James? I mean, 
can we talk basketball without y'all being sensitive? I might have a problem with a shot selection. I might have a problem with his hesitancy to go to the free throw line in the past. I might have a problem with the fact that he lost two and six NBA finals and that's on his docket, his resume, even though he's won four championships and has four league MVP honors. Ladies and gentlemen, I got him as top two player in the history of basketball. And I got to tell you something right now. He's unrivaled as a role model. I mean, he plays second fiddle, rather, to as a role model to no one. LeBron James came into the league at age 17. At age 17, rather, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, labeled the chosen one. He's eclipsed expectations. We knew, we expected him to be great. We didn't know it was going to be this. The brother been to 10 NBA Finals. The brother's a four-time champion. I don't hold the Spurs finals loss against them in the first go-round in 2007. I don't hold the last Spurs loss in the NBA finals against them in 2013 or so, 2014 rather, when D-Wade was hurt. I damn sure don't hold the finals losses against them to the two that they lost to Kevin Durant once he joined the Splash Brothers in Golden State. I do hold the Dallas finals loss against them. I do hold that against them. Without question. That's the one I do hold against him. And he lucked up when Greg Popovich foolishly took Tim Duncan out of the lineup and Chris Bosh got the rebound off the LeBron James miss in that game six and dished the ball to Ray Allen, who drilled the three, sent the game in overtime, and ultimately they won the game and pushed it to game seven, which they won. But the bottom line is they won. There's one finals loss I hold against LeBron James, and that's Dallas. That's Dallas. And that's it. Outside of that, when we talk about these guys getting paid, let's take a moment to remind folks why they get paid. And I'll take a moment to step back and to give love, not to myself. I want to give love to my entire team. Greg, Michael, of course, my girl, Sherry. Sherry McCovey, we're going to say her first and last. And everybody need to know who she is. You understand? My team, Sharonda and Arnell. Okay. My man, Tom Izzo, H to the Izzo. Tom Izzo from Michigan State ain't the only Izzo in the house. My team, my man, Rashawn McDonald. He, you know, he, you know the, the man is still with me. He's crazy. You know, Steve, hold on, whoa, 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 Steve. Hold on, Steve. You know how he is. Okay. Still my dog. Still my man. Sumatra and Juvie, everybody. I got a crew. I got a crew. I'm very happy to have my crew. Because you see, when you're a leader, you have to think about the people who allow you to lead them. You have to take their interests into consideration. Because the more successful you are, the more successful one would surmise they will be. And so when I see LeBron James and he's set to make $128 million as the highest paid player in the league with an estimated $80 million in endorsements on top of his $47.6 million salary, and he's endorsing AT&T and Crypto.com and GMC and PepsiCo. When I look at Steph Curry, who will earn an estimated $101.9 million off of $50 million in endorsement, Curry pitches for Chase, Nissan, Sony, J.P. Morgan, and Rakuten and Subway. You don't get deals like that when you act like an ass. When you put yourself in precarious situations and your brand and who you are and your persona is tainted. And when you do stuff like that, 
you don't take into consideration the collateral damage it causes. Because if you're not making the kind of money you hope to earn, chances are you're not going to spread the wealth because you don't have it to spread. And as a result, you're going to keep your money tight and close to the vest. And by doing so there, you're not able to take care of anybody but yourself and your inner sanctum, if that. And when you know how to conduct yourself, you generate revenue. When you generate revenue, you position yourself for more other opportunities. When you flourish, your team flourishes, especially if you're any kind of decent person who is a giver, which I am. And so those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. I see Steph Curry and LeBron James, and then I think about the stuff that they get themselves into. And you know what I discover? Nothing. They don't get themselves into stuff. They don't. So I guess that would mean when I go at uh, Marcellus Wiley, I might not need to do that. When I go at a Dan Levitard, I might not need to do that. When some other colleague get on my nerves, I might not need to go too far. I might not need to respond to the Kwame Browns of the world and stuff like that. I might not need to respond to every little thing. Now, that person I call the fat bastard is the exception. That I'm not backing up from. That fat bastard, I'm just waiting for the moment where he gets my mind in the right place where I want to go nuclear on him. And at that particular moment in time, endorsement companies and potential endorsement deals and advertisers and sponsors and employers like ESPN or anybody that I'm doing business with down the pike, I would ask them to step aside and grant me this one Mulligan where I unleash on his sorry, no good ass. That is the only time that I will ask for that. Any other time, I will do my best to control myself and to reel myself in. Because the bottom line is, when you're doing business, it ain't good business to make bad business. On behalf of myself and my team, it's just not the wise thing to do. Let me throw this list out at you before I move on to people who've done unwise things. Biggest deal for both is their shoe contracts. LeBron James signed a lifetime deal with Nike in 2019 that pays him more than $30 million annually. Curry signed with Under Armour in 2013, and the deal worth about $4 million per year at that time. But his current contract with Under Armour is worth $215 million and includes an equity stake in the company. Others on the list are Giannis Antetokounmpo at $90.6 million, Kevin Durant at $88.4 million, Klay Thompson at $64.2 million at the top five highest earners in the league, followed by Damian Lillard at 62.6, Joel Embiid at 56.6, and James Harden at 55.6, who, by the way, skipped practice again, was AWOL again. Okay, somebody got to deal with that at another time. You're going to have to get that together. No doubt about that. Speaking of people, like I said, who've done unwise things. We also have to bring up Jerry Judy, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. By the way, before I even get into that, I saved the best for last. My social media dude, Bailey, Bailey Carlin. Now, I don't, I cannot explain how he looks. I really can't. The look is just wild. I can't explain the girl he's got. I mean, he's brother getting married. 
I mean, you talk about a brother that's overachieving. I'm like, shit. <laughs> I look, I, I looked at her like I could I was getting whiplash. I couldn't take my eyes off Bailey. I was looking at her and I couldn't take my eyes off Bailey because I'm like, how the hell you get that? I mean, Bailey the dude. Bailey the dude. But I love him. He does a fantastic job. He does a fantastic job for me. Gotta give him love, no doubt about it. Sorry it took me long to remember you, brother, but I got distracted by LeBron and Steph's money. That's something I want. Okay, red wine to you. I ain't drinking that right now, but you know I toasted. And the mustache and the look, you'll see, if you ever see him, you'll understand exactly what I mean by when I say I don't want to explain the look. I just don't want to tell you what he looks like, okay? Trust me on this. Trust me on this. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is, at the end of the day, the top 15 earners in the NBA are set to make a combined $1 billion in 2023-2024, according to Badenheiser, Badenheiser reported. Um, that's the bottom line. And so when you see this economic empowerment that these players have, it is something to behold, but it's well-earned. Damian Lillard, class act, character dude, doesn't get in any kind of trouble. What trouble does Giannis Antetokounmpo get in? Huh? What trouble does he get in? Look at the guys on this list. Look at them. Kevin Durant. What trouble? What's his definition of trouble? That he claps back at critics? So what? He's a high character dude. What about Klay Thompson? Shoot, he out there fishing when he ain't playing ball. He's living his best life. James Harden, say what you will about him. He ain't getting in trouble with the law. He might have some proclivities you may question, but it ain't lawless. He just needs to stop quitting on teams that have him under contract. He's not a bad person, not a bad dude. He just gets in his emotions and overreacts from time to time. What matters he should handle privately. That's it. NBA is filled with great dudes. Filled with great dudes. And I'm going to give them a lot of love. The NFL, they are too. But that doesn't mean it's devoid of stupidity. And when you think about Jerry Judy, that wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, I understand and I'm all for dancing. I'm all for dancing. All right? We should all dance from time to time. Elevate that level of joy in our lives and in our soul and unleash it and release it. We should do that. But not this. Not this. You also know uh, he's not also as decisive as he needs to be. He needs to go ahead and make the right decisions all the time. And so by, I got some tape to really show you. Now you see Steve Smith from the NFL Network clapped back at him. And when he clapped back at him, and basically regurgitated and repeated what he had to say about Jerry Judy because Jerry Judy was questionable in terms of um, doing his job. And, you know, Steve Smith, one of the all-worldwide receivers, as far as I'm concerned, in NFL history, felt the need to call him out about that. Jerry Judy obviously had a problem with it. And... If you don't believe what I had to say, check out what Steve Smith had to say about Broncos it. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was walking by, and Steve called out to him, and he got a different reaction. I called out to him because uh, on my podcast, Cut To It, I just talked about guys that maybe have not um, showed up in a way or in a manner. And so the word that I've used uh, to describe him in the past was a jag, just a guy. Just a guy. When I saw him, he's playing well. I wanted to say to him face-to-face, -face, like, hey, I know I said some things in the past I probably shouldn't have, and I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say to him. 
His response, Mike Ra, was ninja. Ninja? Yes, I'm using the word ninja. That's I'm just using the word ninja. I don't mess with you. And it was a, it was a curse word. And so I was like, all right. And then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you use a first-round pick on that isn't doing anything. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and asking, should they trade for you? I will say no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Go back into the studio. I'm done now. Thank you. Now, for those of you who may have a question mark, here's what I want you to know. If you're Jerry Judy, you start at Alabama, you were drafted 15th overall in the 2020 NFL draft. There have been a lot of great expectations for Jerry Judy because we all know he could ball. In his three years, he missed five games in 2021, six games actually in 2021, played all 16 games, started 14 his rookie year 2020, played 14 out of 15 games, started 14 out of 15 games in 2022. And this year, he started in four games. He's played in five games. He has yet to have had a thousand yard season. And Steve Smith basically was like, yo, you got to stop being soft. You got to go after it. And Jerry Judy had a problem with it and didn't handle it correctly. When Steve Smith went over to speak to him, he said he ain't messing with him. Jerry Judy tried to sit up there and say, if he had come to apologize, that would have been different. Well, why does he owe you an apology? Did he say something false? See, at some point in time, we got to be men, ladies and gentlemen. It can't be about, oh, you know, I don't like what the person said. Is it true? I might not like what somebody says about me, but if it's true, it's true. Okay? If you're lying, that's a different matter. If you're false and erroneous, that's a different matter. Steve Smith, for those of you who don't know, built like a chisel brick house. He's a man amongst boys. He is not somebody to be played with. 5'9", stocky. I've seen him body slam opponents, as have y'all, anybody that knows the NFL. 14,731 career receiving yards, okay? And there were times when he was considered an elite receiver in the National Football League. There are a few thousand yard receiving seasons on his resume. I think he warrants consideration for the Hall of Fame. He may not get there, but he warrants consideration. His brother could play. He was no scrub. And he don't mess around. And so he turned around on national television and repeated what he said about Jerry Judy respectfully and dared them to do something about it. In his own way, of course. And I got to admit to you, I don't have a problem with it. And I don't have a problem with it because he approached Jerry Judy and tried to speak to him like a man and Jerry Judy didn't handle it correctly. If you Jerry Judy, you know what you say? Yo, man, what can I do to get better? Or say to him, you know, could you do me a favor, man? Rather than just criticizing me, you got access to me. Could you come to me and tell me how to get better? Can I work out with you so you can show me how to get better? Steve Smith was no scrub. He wasn't no Stephen A. Smith. He was Steve Smith. See, I talk and I write and I report and I, I'm an author and all of that. That's what I do for a living. That brother was an elite football player. How about learning from him, Jerry Judy? 
instead of getting all caught up in our feelings. Because the fact of the matter is, you're better than your numbers have shown and your level of production has shown in Denver. Now, I understand there's a lot of reasons to go into it. It ain't your fault that Nathaniel Hackett was the coach last year. It ain't your fault that Russell Wilson showed up and he, ain't, he hasn't been able to produce to the degree that you would like. It ain't your fault that other quarterbacks preceded you that wasn't up to snuff even according to Russell, uh, even to Russell Wilson's standards. But somehow, somewhere, you got to produce more and you didn't. So that's all I got to say about that. The last point I want to make is about Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's been complaining about things in Vegas and essentially hinting towards indications that he wants out. You don't believe me? Look at him talking to the media. Just yesterday, I believe. Check it out. It's, to me, it's not just about, you know, I'm sure people thinking like, you know, well, they won the game, they won the Packers game, you know, why is there an issue? I mean, you see why it's an issue. You, you know, y'all should know who I am, know what I'm about at this point. So it's not about, you know, when, when, you're, a, when you're a player like me, mentally, it's, the, my benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have the, uh, an influence on the game. And that's, like I say every week, that's the, my purpose for being here. I'm not here just to hang out and, you know, like I said, come here to hang out with Derek and all of that stuff from last year. Came here to win and to, to do it the right way. So if, I mean, if it don't look like it's supposed to look, then, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated if I'm not a part of that, that plan because, as you know, I have, I have the opportunity to go and make, to, to change that and make it look like a much better pitcher out there. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to be frustrated. You know, if, if Jacoby goes out and have a, a monster game or if the offense is scoring every five plays like the you know our first drive on the bills then it is what it is i don't you know I don't, it's not about me but you know i'm one of the bigger pieces you know as to why this offense is gonna go and if i'm not getting it then that's obviously not um according to plan so we want to we want to obviously keep working like we are to, to get that that right does that sound like somebody that wants to be in vegas this is vegas y'all there's no state income taxes it's Sin City. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You get away with a lot of stuff in Vegas. Whole bunch of stuff in Vegas. And this brother came from Lambeau Field in Green Bay. But he sounded like he won out. When are we going to look at Josh McDaniel? That's what I'm wondering. When are we going to look at the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? Can somebody tell me that? Because I'm looking at this man right now who's a head coach. His first year in Las Vegas last year was 6 and 11. This year, right now, they're three and three. They won the game. Devontae Adams talked about, I want to win, I want to win, I want to win. But he's a wide receiver. He wants those numbers too. Now, he's got them. Receiving yards, touchdowns. Nobody's had more touchdowns than him since over the last three years. Devontae Adams is that dude, but he recognizes and sees a culture that he doesn't believe will contribute to big time winning. When he was in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, he knew he had a chance because he had eight Rodgers with him. They had a system in place. They don't know if they have that in Vegas. That's why your owner was in Brooklyn, New York last night celebrating with the Las Vegas Aces, the team he owns. You know why? Because they're the champions. He got to depend on women's basketball to get a championship when he's been owning this team forever. And they can't get anything done. Maybe he should have kept a shotty. Maybe. I know what happened with John Gruden. That ain't on him. That ain't on Mark Davis. Owner for the Raiders. That's not on him. That's on John Gruden with them damn stupid, insensitive, uh, 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 homophobic emails and stuff like that. You know, you can't do stuff like that. 
That ain't Mark Davis's fault. But you didn't need to hire Josh McDaniel. You could have kept Bashadi in play. But you didn't do that. And as a result, y'all where y'all. You went from being a playoff team to going 6-11 to now being a 500 team. And Derek Carr's gone. And Jimmy Garoppolo is there. We all knew he was going to get hurt. He's hurt now. We all knew that. We all knew porn star Jimmy was going to get himself hurt. And for those of you on the, that are followers of the Stephen A. Smith show, you would know that I call him porn star Jimmy because he decided to go out with a porn star off Melrose in L.A. That's what he decided to do. Now, that's your business until you rolling out in public. You know what I'm saying? You rolling out in public with a porn star. Well, you porn star Jimmy because you clearly wanted to be seen as porn star Jimmy. So that's what you will be called by me until further notice. I ain't knocking you. It's not criminal. It's not legal. You know what I'm saying? Even though it would be kind of weird. You know, just as an aside, wouldn't it be a problem if Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get none that night? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know about y'all, but damn, it's, if you can't get some from somebody who gives up some for a living, that is a problem. I mean, we don't know. We assume, we surmise that the brother got some. But if you didn't get some from a porn star, I mean, I never thought to ask that question before. I mean, I never would publicly, but I never thought to just bring that up. I hope he got some. Because, I mean, if you're going to go that far, you're going to go out with a porn star. <laughs> Why not close the deal? And if you don't close the deal with a porn star, well, she gives it up for a living. But you took her out, and she, and she, and you ain't, that would be wild, bro. I mean, I, I don't know the answer. I'll never ask, but you know, if you didn't, well, damn, I don't even know what to say to you. I really don't. I really don't. We got a lot more to get into. This doesn't involve porn, but hell, it might as well, considering how much Will and Jada tell their business. I don't know why it hasn't involved porn. Nevertheless, they're making news. So as a result, we'll talk about it. More of the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? I mean, listen, everybody laughing, everybody laughing during the commercial break and all that stuff. Stephen A., how could you say that? But I'm I'm serious. I'm, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, if you're gonna go out with a porn star and you didn't get none when she gives it up for a living, literally, I think it's fair to say something's wrong with your game. Something wrong with your game. For the hell we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, the football player. We got something else to be talking about if that happens. By the way, here's a suggestion. It would explain it if nothing happened between him and between porn star Jimmy and the porn star. It would explain it if he took it to Cheesecake Factory based on recent reports about another story. Did y'all see this story? Some woman, some woman posted a TikTok video. Let me read to y'all what happened in the video. And I'll show a a segment of it to you for a second. But in the video, the woman records herself 
dressed up, donning sunglasses as a date pulls up to the restaurant. The date gets out of the car to open her door. However, her reaction takes an unexpected turn when she realizes that the destination is none other than the Cheesecake Factory, a popular chain restaurant. I like Cheesecake Factory. I love the popcorn, shrimp, stuff like that. At least you used to love it. Shrimp scampi and all that stuff. I used to love all that, but that's, I digress. The woman, the woman obviously was unimpressed, okay, with her snobby ass, all right? She was snobby. I'm sorry. It's the truth. You'll see what I'm talking about when I show you the video. She literally says, he got me at the Cheesecake Factory, y'all. I ain't getting out of this car. First of all, what the hell is wrong with the Cheesecake Factory? Ain't nothing wrong with the Cheesecake Factory. Ain't nothing wrong with the Cheesecake Factory. That's number one. Number two, not only is there nothing wrong with the Cheesecake Factory, the Cheesecake Factory ain't that damn cheap. You know, you can't go up in there and, and spend $12. It costs, it, it, it costs, you get a meal and stuff like that. You're going to pay over $80 to $100 for, for, for dinner at the Cheesecake Factory. So let's throw that out the way because that's important, all right? By the way, I hear they have great salmon too. I hear they have great salmon as well, okay? I personally like the chicken sandwiches myself, myself. My point is, What's the problem with the Cheesecake Factory? This girl goes on. She refuses to exit the dude's car and locks the door. This dude is struggling to get back in his own damn car. His own damn car. She's visibly upset, finally rolls down her window and confronts her date about their choice of venue. She goes on to express her disdain for a chain restaurant as a first date location and questions why he would take someone who looks like her to such an establishment. Quote, look at me. Look at me. I cannot go into a cheesecake factory. Y'all don't believe me? Y'all don't believe me? Take a look for yourself. I mean, I, I you, you don't understand. Look at me. I cannot go in the Cheesecake Factory. There's nothing wrong. I, with I will die. That's okay. embarrassing. You see, there are a multitude of ways to keep your ass single. To keep yourself without a man. This is one of them. I want y'all and I'm going to try to find this video for you. I'm going to try to find it. You know what the video is going to be of? It's going to be of Eddie Murphy in stand-up. Remember years ago, some of you young whippersnappers wouldn't remember this stuff, but years ago, probably in the 80s, right? Eddie, 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 Eddie Murphy, the great Eddie Murphy is doing stand-up. And he's talking about how. He been aching to get this girl. He been aching to get this girl. He want a bad, want a bad. He want to get with her. She's like, ah, I, 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 can't, I can't, I can't. I just feel I need to wait. He's like, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. And then all of a sudden, he get with her. And she says, I'm yours. He's like, fuck you. Remember that? Go look it up. I don't know if it was delirious or raw, it was one or the other, Eddie Murphy. That's what he did. 
Why does that story resonate? Because it's a level of thinking that withstands the test of time. See, when you see Eddie Murphy saying that, it's relatable to men everywhere, no matter what age they're living in. A snobbish, uppity, entitled, privileged thinking woman. Rash Buescher from Norbit got a better chance of getting a man than her. Rash Spucher from Norbit, the movie Norbit, that starred Eddie Murphy playing multiple characters, including her, got a better chance of getting a man than a girl like that. Oh, you could see why she's on a date and she don't have a man. Now, the dude ultimately... As the debate intensified, she was talking about how she expects him to go all out on the first date. Why? You want to be courted and all of that stuff. See, me, it's about consistency. Treat a woman as consistent as you possibly can. Not putting your best foot forward and then watching the relationship disintegrate and erode as time goes on. No. Maintain consistency. Or elevate and embellish. One or the other. Regression is not an option. But this girl. Anything would be aggression. A regression. Do you know why? Because ladies. And tell me if I'm wrong. I know the shade room is going to be listening to this. I know the view is going to be listening to this. I know the talk is going to be listening to this. Where I appeared on that show. Thank you Cheryl Underwood. And 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 Akbar and everybody else for having me on the show the other day. But I know they're going to be mentioning this too. Ladies, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Tell me if I'm wrong. Your constant embellishes. You don't stand still. If you got a couch, eventually the couch is old. The dude is sitting up there. He comfortable. It's broken in just right. He's fine and don't need change. You want it changed. Kitchen looks beautiful. Stove is working. Oven is working. How come we can't get a new kitchen? The house looks nice. Why can't we remodel? The basement, same old man cave. It's his. He entitled. They might let you keep the man cave, but they ain't happy about it. They damn sure ain't trying to spend time with you down there because it's the same old, same old. That's women. And I'm saying that's okay. So long as you admit it. And if you're willing to admit that and you're normal, imagine what this girl is going to do to any man that chooses her. She talking about what she deserved without even knowing him. What is she going to think she deserved once she knows him? Is that the kind of woman you can rely upon if you go broke? If you lose your job, if struggles and hardships and trials and tribulations come down the pike, is she going to be that rough rider? Is she going to be that ride and die? Is she going to be that one that's there for you? Is she going to look at your potential and go like this? This is just a setback for the comeback. Is she going to be that? I'm telling you, most of y'all are. That's the beauty of y'all as women. See, Stevie A know this. Because I was raised by five women. I know who y'all are. I know what your potential is. I also know some trifling, selfish-ass person when I see one. And I'm telling you right now, that honey, you better change up. 
And by the way, I'm not calling you trifling. I'm just talking about what you did in the video. I don't know you, so I don't I don't want to do that. I'm not going to castigate you and, 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 and label you overall as your character. I'm only talking about the video you put out. That was trifling. No man should want your ass. Not for anything but a fling. Because when you act like that and you got the nerve to publicize it on video, you done heard me talking about Jada now, right? What have I said about her? I ain't talking about her actions. I talked about her publicizing them. That date is your business. Why are you posting it on video? He didn't ask you to do that. He didn't ask for permission to do that. He didn't ask to be paraded all over social media. How about respecting the brother? You respected him enough to get in his car. You respected him enough to give him a chance to take you out on a date. And according to what I'm reading, wasn't you the one that said, so you just going to call it a night? Sounding defeated, you still wanted to go out. You just didn't want to go where he was willing to take you. Weren't you hungry? You ain't never ate Cheesecake Factory? So let me get this straight. You a black woman. You never ate McDonald's? That wasn't a date. But don't tell me you never ate McDonald's. Don't tell me you, haven't ate, you never ate Burger King. I saw you. You didn't look bad. Not by a long shot. I'm giving you credit for that. But you also don't look like somebody that just eats a salad either. You look like you had some burgers. You look like you had some steak. Come on now. I mean, come on now. I'm just being real. You know that. So don't act like it. I mean, you should be acting like that. Period. Unless, of course, Will Smith's your man. Because evidently, when Will Smith is your man, you can get away with anything. I mean, Jesus. This dude. I might as well apologize to Jada over the last couple of shows. I mean, she writing books. She talking about how y'all weren't together for the last seven years. She talking about how sex wasn't really an option with y'all. She got her children craving for Tupac's resurrection. She damn near talked about your lack of an erection. I mean, this is not me. This is her. She done talked everything. Everything. You know, she talked about her entanglement. She talked about with who. She got you sitting across from her. You crying. Every damn thing that you could possibly do to a belittle and demean and emasculate and humiliate a man. You have done. Does it really get any worse? than intimating that you screwed around with a kid or a young man that was 20 years younger than you, at least, who happened to be your son's friend, by the way, in all likelihood, in a house that Will Smith paid for? Ladies and gentlemen, if that were me, Jada would have been gone before she could say Smith and we share the same last name. Yo, she's been gone. Gone. Try me. She'd have been gone. Now, what you don't know, you don't know. Everybody plays the fool sometime. There's no exception to the rules. People get lied to. People get lied about. All of that stuff happens. Okay, we get it. 
That was an oldie I just dropped on y'all Lee. Okay? We understand it. All I'm saying to you is that what you don't know, you don't know. But Will knows. Will knew. Which brings us to him. Because she's selling her book entitled Worthy, Will Smith supposedly, surprisingly, shows up in Baltimore, Maryland, her hometown. And he speaks on behalf of the wife who says they really haven't been together for the last seven years. This is Will Smith speaking up for Jada Pinkett Smith yet again. Listen up. Um, Jada's the best friend I have ever had on this planet. And I am going to show up for her and support her for the rest of my life. Somebody got to say it, so I'm going to say it. They still don't get it. Nobody ever questioned anybody's love for the other. Especially Will Smith's love for her. That's not the subject that's being broached. The subject that's being broached is one thing and one thing only. Why in the hell do y'all have to tell everybody? It's none of our business. It's your marital issues. You were private for years. We didn't know stuff as you were raising your kids. What the hell happened? You just want to, you just got older and decided we want to sing like birds. We want to chirp, 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 chirp. I wrote a book, you know, straight shooter. Memoir of second chances and first takes. It's a New York Times bestseller. Hope you can pull that off, Jader, since you're doing this. Doesn't get any bigger than the New York Times bestsellers list when you're an author. And once you're there, you're there forever. But here's the thing. In that book, I talked about my relationship with my father. I talked about my undying devotion and love for my mother. Talked about my sisters. Talked about my upbringing. Talked about my job. and What transpired. First things first. All of those things were past tense. All of those things were echoed in a way to crystallize what I endured because it's a story about my life in hopes that people could peel what they could from it that would benefit them exponentially. You know what else you didn't see in there? You didn't see stuff about my personal life. who my woman is, who my women were, whether I was married, divorced. The only thing you could deduce from my book about my personal life is that I am a flaming heterosexual. 
That's it. No one loves women more than me. And yes, unapologetically, although there are some fine ass, gorgeous ass women up there, especially Latinas, Lord have mercy. No doubt. White women too. Nothing moves me more than black women. Black women are queens. I am partial to black women and I love you in all shapes, colors, and sizes that are black. Light skin, red bone, brown skin, dark skin, it don't matter. You black, we good. I just love the sisters. I just can't help it. I just can't help. It's just the truth. I have always been that way. Always. I haven't told you what to try. Haven't told you what I've experimented. In terms of women, of course, there are no other experimentations. But let me tell you something. I love me some sisters. So guess what, Will? We understand how you could love this particular sister, Jada. Who the hell talked about your love for her? All anybody's been talking about is her apparent lack of love for you. And by love, I mean loving you enough to respect you so she does not emasculate you publicly. Privately, we don't give a damn if she called you everything but the child of God. But she ain't got to do that. And the fact that you still extend yourself, yourself strenuously to come to her defense, there's only one thing that I could deduce from this. And I'm looking at my producers when I'm saying this because I want everybody to look at, I want everybody to see me. I want to see everybody when I say this. Will Smith, you messed up, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Yeah. It's the only explanation. I ain't going to say with who ain't going to say your business. I would never do that, bro. Cold of the streets. I'm talking about the issue. I can't imagine that any man goes to the links that you go to to constantly protect her. I understand her life. You protect her. You don't want her life to be in danger. You don't want somebody harassing her and bothering her and all of this other stuff. But just shrapnel or criticism, you want to protect her from that? You want to guard her from that? Well, you ain't doing a good job because the fact of the matter is ain't nothing stopping the cynicism aimed in her direction. It's going to be a tsunami coming her way because everybody sees what's happening. You did, son, did you, bro? Didn't you? Got busted, didn't you? Damn. That's what this is. That's what this is. This is the dude that got caught. And I usually don't go here because I'm not like this. But this is the dude, fellas, I'm here for us. This is the dude that got caught and said, damn, I got to make up for this. That's what this is. That's what this is. Now, maybe it's because you love us as much as you say. Maybe because you're in California with no prenup and community property applies. Maybe it's that old mantra is cheaper to keep her. It's son. And I said son as a cause of something because I want to be ebonic here. You understand? I want to be grammatically challenging here. It's son. Son ain't right. Son ain't right, Will. I've been getting on Jada. 
But every time Jada does something like this, you the knight in shining armor. You did, son, didn't you? Yeah. Entanglements. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring up black, white, and that loin. I draw that line of demarcation on several occasions. We gonna make that exception tonight. I don't give a damn about race, ethnicity, color. All men who sitting on a live, on a live uh, 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 platform for broadcast purposes, publicizing with their wife, telling them I, I hooked up with somebody younger than you that was the friend of my son and all of this other stuff. And you sitting across from them crying for the world to see who doing that. What man you know doing that. I ain't seen it. I never saw it on Jerry Springer. Or Maury. I ain't even seeing on that. You did, son, didn't you? Did you, Will? You did, son. You got caught. Damn. That's all I was thinking about when I saw that video of you going up on that stage to support her the way you did. You did something. You didn't have to go to Baltimore. You had to fly to Baltimore for. You had to fly to Baltimore for. I mean, Philly's nearby. That's your home. I got that. West Philly. I get that. But why? That's not far from Baltimore. But why you had to do all of that? You did something, didn't you? Damn, bro. You got caught. That's what this is. You did something. I ain't saying what, but you did something. Love or for the love of money. Protect, that, protect those assets. It's one or the other. But either way you slice it, you did something. All of that stuff that you preaching on that stage, that ain't necessary if you didn't do anything. If you busy protecting her, instead of feeling like the victim we see you as being, it's because you did something. Damn. Can't say nothing to Jada, y'all. I mean, she still don't have to be public with her stuff. But we can't say much to Jada if this brother coming to her defense like that. He did something. He did something. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh -huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? I tell you something, man. I tell you something. There are certain things that blow me away. I sit up there on first take. On ESPN, every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. We've had the number one show for damn near 12 years. And we're doing the show two hours a day, live. It's not taped. It's live. And we're live. We're talking about an abundance of sports, an abundance of issues. Ladies and gentlemen, that's five shows a week, okay, for 45 weeks a year, minimum. Do the math. It's 225 shows a year. Live, unedited, no tape delay, no cover, no anything. 
And I sit up there and I speak out of pocket about one issue. And not only do we have some trolls out there and fools out there trying to undress me, I must not watch football. When I get paid, I watch all of these things, but that's okay. Okay. I, I've been watching it for years. My, my, my resume as a sports reporter speaks for itself. But not only that, one of the people getting at me is the person I was complimenting. Tyreek Hill, how does all of this start? What am I talking about? First of all, it's very simple. In talking about the greatness of Tyreek Hill and how electrifying he is, you would have thought I pimp slapped him. That I insulted him and his crew somehow. I'm talking about he the best. I think he the best in the world. And because of that, on his podcast, his response to that is, Stephen A. don't must not watch football. Because I brought up about Tua Tungavaloa, his quarterback. 14 touchdowns, five interceptions, completing about 71% of his passes this season thus far. And now Tua, all he's got to do is just dunk it two, tip and dunk it two yards and boom. But before I go any further, listen to this, please. 114 receiving yards, six touchdown catches, 19.4 yards per catch. There's been 14 games this season where a player had at least 150 receiving yards in a game. The brother Tyreek Hill has four. Four. <laughs> now, let me tell y'all something right now. I don't know if y'all watching Miami enough. All of these passes, eight for 19, 20, 30, 40 nah. yards. You just got two of dipping it two yards to him. And he the one taking it to the house. He yeah. the one going 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. This brother, and, and I call him the Dame Dollar of the NFL. I mean, he, he when he's running for a touchdown, he's waving goodbye to defenders. This is what he's doing before he throws it. <laughs> but that's after waving goodbye. If I misquoted people as much as I am misquoted, I wouldn't have a job. Ladies and gentlemen, I was not literally trying to imply that all Tua does is throw two-yard or three-yard passes. I know he throws the long ball. I know he's got a mid-range game. He throws it between the seams. I know he hits dudes on fly patterns. I know he hits dudes on slam patterns. I know what the brother can do. He was an accurate passer coming out of Alabama. He's been an accurate passer since he's been in the National Football League. In the games that he starts when he's healthy, he wins football games. He's 26 and 14 as a starter in the NFL. Tyreek Hill pointed that out when he arrived, departed from Kansas City and arrived in Miami. He said, this brother's going to rival Patrick Mahomes. And if, he, if it wasn't for him getting concussed all the damn time like he did about four times last year, I count four personally, then he probably would. Two is great. But that's not what I was saying. When they talked about the league MVP and they said it was Tua, I understand, Tyreek Hill, you want to come to the aid of your teammate. You want to come to the aid of your boy. You know, Michael Parsons just did that the other day for Dak Prescott. Bravo. It's so touching. So touching to see how y'all hugging, seeing kumbaya for one another, and y'all come to each other's defense. I get it. Nobody is saying Tua Tungavaloa can't play. Matter of fact, I think y'all going to go to the Super Bowl. I hope you do. I've said I think you're going to go to the Super Bowl. I want you to go to the Super Bowl because I think you're the most exciting offense in football. Mike McDaniel's a phenomenal play caller. Tua Tungvaloa is a phenomenal quarterback. But you, Tyreek Hill, are the difference maker. 
I am sitting up here defending myself because evidently I was insulting to a player I consider to be the best in the world in his position. So much so that I sat up there and said, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Dan Olofsky brought up on ESPN Thursday, Calvin Johnson. I said the way Tyreek Hill looks right now, can we definitively say that we would want any other receiver aside from him right now the way he looks in NFL history? That's how electrifying I think. And because of that, that's why I'm on the microphone right now in front of the cameras having to defend myself. Because I was complimentary. You can't make this shit up. So allow me to elaborate and to clarify. Of course, Tua Tungvaloa throws the ball down the field. Of course, all he does is not throw slant screen passes or anything like that or two-yard pass. That's not what I was trying to imply, Tyreek Hill. What I was trying to imply is that that's all he would have to do when it comes to having the likes of you. Because you could take a three-yard pass and take it to the house. I'm fully aware that every ball you caught was the deep ball last year against the Carolina Panthers last weekend. I'm fully aware. You didn't do that against Buffalo when y'all got blitzed 48 to 20, but that's a different subject for another day because I think you'll get them back when you see them in Miami. Or outside of Miami because y'all about 30 minutes outside of Miami. That's not my point. My point is you run 24 miles an hour. You're the cheater. I call you the Dame Dollar of the NFL. You're the one dude that's scoring touchdowns and waving goodbye to people and doing deuces while you're doing it. You're that phenomenal. And because you're that phenomenal, this is all Tua has to do if it, if it came down to that because you could do the rest. That's how much I believe in you. That's all I was trying to say. I didn't mean to be taken literally, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't mean to be taken literally. Is that what y'all do now? Y'all respond to these trolls on social media who create headlines to get clicks? Is that what you do? That's not what I meant. And I would think that somebody that's on the air two hours a day, every weekday, 10 hours a week, a minimum of 4,500, that's 4,500 hours a year live. I wouldn't have to say everything so literal. When I say somebody passes gas and they smell like they, is, they try to act like it's perfume, do you really think I meant that they, they passing gas? Really? Really? Come on, y'all. That's what we're doing now. And this is the only time it's happened. This is the only time it's happened to me. You know, Rich Paul on, 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 on Gill's Arena talking on his podcast about how I never said this or said that. We were talking as brothers, vibing with one another, having a conversation off the air and all of that other stuff. We were joking around. Is that what we're coming to? Is that what we're coming to where we got to sit up there and be literal and specific with every freaking syllable that comes out of our mouth? You know, good and damn well, Tyreek, that I did not mean to imply that all you do is catch slam patterns or screen passes rather than you take it to the house. I've seen you do it, but that ain't all you do. You are 
electrifying. I think you're the best in the world right now. I didn't expect to have to come to my own defense because I was being complimentary. Stephen A doesn't watch football, really? How many people's talking about football two hours a day, five days a week, throughout the year? How many people talking about basketball? Of course, I don't see every damn game because I'm watching most games. I only got two damn eyes. Am I supposed to, you think the college football analysts, that they watch every team in the country? You think those NFL analysts, they go and watch every single game at the same time? How many games are on at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time? How many games are on at 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time? I got about seven damn TVs in my crib. I can have a different game on each TV. I still can't watch them all and see every freaking play because I only got two eyes. I catch what I can like everyone else does. But to sit up there and to say, I don't watch as if I don't put in the work, brother, I'm not going to go through my resume again as podcast P. Check out the archives of the Stephen A. Smith show when I was live from Vegas. Leaving, leading in to the Errol Spence Jr. Terrence Crawford fight when I had to break down what the hell my resume is and how I earned the right to get here and how I'm always watching games. I'm always digging. I'm always doing my reporting. I'm always doing my commentary. Check my resume. Google me, dog. I didn't mean it literally. Of course, Tua does more than that. I was making the point that's all he has to do. Because he has you. Because you're that great. That's all I was saying. But I get this to you, Tyreek. You something special. Not just as a talented wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner like you used to do back in the day. But you're also talented at this podcast stuff. Because how the hell do you twist such an incredible comp accomplishment? Into something negative. Tua Tungavaloa, in my opinion, as great as he is, would not be an MVP candidate if it were not for you. I love Jalen Waddle, but guess what? As the number one option on the squad, if you were not there, along with Berrios and those boys, I don't believe he would be MVP. I think Patrick Mahomes is phenomenally great as he is in part was an MVP because of you. That's what I believe. Even though he won a Super Bowl MVP without you. That's what I believe. But I never thought I'd have to defend myself on that, bro. That's new. I didn't see that one coming. Love to her. Respect to her. Man won a national championship for Alabama after Nick Saban benched Jalen Hurts because it had an awful first half. That's how you won the championship against Georgia because Tua came to the rescue. I know what Tua can do. I'm just saying you that dude. Damn. When I got to defend that. If Tua came out and said this, I understand. You? How much more complimentary can I be? No good deed goes unpunished, I guess. Deuces.
Deuces. Stephen A. signing off. Until next time, peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcast.